Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beach is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right. Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell for the very special March Madness show. It's that big a deal. It's one of the best sporting events of the year. That's why we decided to devote an entire episode to it. Bonus episode. We're not usually on Thursday. We will be back on Friday as well on our normal schedule. Yeah. I know. They didn't tell you that one yet, Raja. Raja thought he was getting a three-day weekend. No way. We're not. All right. So let's start it off with some fun. All right. Before we get to our final four picks, we're going to give you those, our championship picks. Let's do some some superlatives. All right. Best storyline. From the, from the tournament. We'll let Hannah, our girl Hannah Stopchuk chime in as well. Best storyline from the tournament. Best storyline from the tournament? Yeah. Uh. I feel like that's tough to say now. Like it, I need a little bit more time to yeah, pick that one. Yeah. I think that'll develop. But going in, the storyline that I'm looking most forward to is, is whether Trey Young and Oklahoma deserve to get in and whether he can regain form. I mean, he, he's still been putting up a bunch of points and a, and a lot of assists, but they've been really, um, sloppy, a lot of turnovers, really, um, you know, not, not efficient with his work. And so I think if they get a win, uh, and they pull the upset in the 10-7 game and look good against Duke, it'll go a long way for, for them vindicating the selection committee and, uh, for his stock. You guys are completely missing the boat. Like Porter Jr.? <laughs> it's about, no, that's a, that's a decent story. I was going to say, that's the only one that comes straight to my head. Who is the heel of college basketball? Grayson Allen. Who just hip checks somebody to get back to that title? Like he, he was kind of like, oh, maybe he's changed his image a little bit. Right. He is back. He's like back, the, baby. The, the punk of college basketball is back. So now he's punk. older. You got a nice mix of old and young with Marvin Bagley. I think they could make a deep run. Yeah. I think I it's a great storyline. Like if you look at, and I know Trey Young has had an outstanding year and he's probably the most, the guy we've talked about the most. But the most familiar player in college basketball, whether you like him or hate him, is Grayson Allen. And I think we're going to be talking about him pretty deep in the tournament. Wait, so real I, quick. Yeah. Love him or hate him? Oh, I can't stand him. Love him or hate him? Meh. What? Meh. <laughs> I mean, well, here's, I like the way he plays, but like he tripped a Florida State guy. Like that was one of his trips, and it was one of the worst ones, was against the Florida State guy. And I don't – like it's – again, we talked about this earlier on the podcast earlier this week. If he's on your team – you probably right, love, him. love him. And if you play against him, yeah, you hate him. Yeah. It so, could be I'm, a phenomenal like storyline. If they, yes. if they win. Um, College basketball could need it. Anything but FBI scandal. Anything but controversy. Right. Yeah, dude, it it's, could be phenomenal. Even for if him, it's a villain. Personally, for yeah. Duke. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I totally don't think he's a villain. <laughs> no, he absolutely <laughs> is a villain. All right, best nickname and or mascot in the entire tournament. So there are five Wildcats, which I think would suck if you're one of those. Tigers, we have Tigers, we have yeah. Quakers, Friars, yeah. Ramblers. What the do you guys got? Need to be on here. The orange. The orange is come on, it's the only fruit the slash color. <laughs> are you guys really it? a fruit? Hold on a are second. you really what, an orange? What is it Otto, though? Let's Otto clarify. the orange is a giant orange. But like what that. is it though? What do you, as a Syracuse grad, is it the fruit or is it the color? I think it's I think it's the color. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But the the mascot is Otto the Orange, Otto which the is orange. a fruit. But it is gender neutral. Gender neutral for right, sure. So we we're used good. To be the it's not even a question. We're just the orange. Who you like? It's the Shockers. Yeah, <laughs> which like, is It's the Shockers, dude. That's like, it's true. Not even. I didn't. All right, can anybody? I'll ask. I'll open this up because I did not know 
what UMBC stood for. Do University you guys know? Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah, dang it. What? You did some no, research, I would, I, didn't there's you? There's no way I would No, we used to play I did them. not know that. Oh, you see, yeah. Yeah, you used to have that going for it. I like their, the retrievers. Yeah. I, I, like, I had a lab, Labrador retriever. I had a golden retriever uh, now. Like, I kind of like the retrievers. You've got the jackrabbits from uh, South That's Dakota State. That's always a good one. Good one. Why? I don't know. It's, it's, and then, of like course, it. you have the shout out to D Knight, Jack yes, Rabbit. Yes, uh, the Seminoles are my vote for sure. All right, this <laughs> one, still, this one's so probably bad. a little bit more of a, a basketball diehard question. Who is the best player in this tournament? That's a tough one. Oh um, my gosh! Are we talking about the best college player, or the best pro prospect? Like, oh, cl- cl- yeah. I think uh, there's got to be a clarification. Who best college player? Like who can carry their team the furthest? DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, Trey Young. Uh, our boy Michael Porter Jr. is not even on here. He's going to be a high pick, but I don't yeah. think he's going to carry Mizzou. Bagley? I, yeah, I, I think Miles that Bridges, Aiton Bagley, Young. I mean, Aiton and Bagley—they're just babies. I think the two most important players on this list—they um, go hand in hand—are are, uh, Jalen Jalen Brunson, yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, and Mikael Bridges, because uh, they're both Miles Bridges from Michigan State. Oh, is that Miles Bridges? Yeah, because right? there's a kid, Mikael. There's a kid. <laughs> Yeah, from Villanova, Villanova named Mikhail Bridges. So I didn't realize that was Mile Bridges, but it might have been because our boy Debo just put Bridges. On oh the yeah, <laughs> so but, but they're both really. It, good. it would be that tandem um, because they're both, uh, you know, they're not they're not freshmen anymore. They're real difference makers. They're solid. They've won national championships. Um, so the combination of those two are the most important two in in college basketball, bar none. All right, as far as the guy who can carry his team and get him on a run, I'm going with Colin Sexton. He did. And I think he's going to be pretty good in the NBA too. Uh so I, you'll see we'll get to our our picks a little bit later, but I like the way he's playing right now. All right, best coach in the tournament. I think it's pretty easy. Yeah. I'm going with Tony Bennett for Virginia. I think what he's done with less talent and developed guys on his roster doesn't get the one and dones but has a clear philosophy on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think he, in this tournament, is doing the most with the least. And I think that should be value in that. I think that means more than a guy like Coach Cal, who just gets one and done and throws him out there. Well, uh, like if you're saying the best coach in the tournament for for based on this year's body of work, yeah, maybe I can make the argument for Tony Bennett. I, I, could, I think I could say that he's one of the top two defensive coaches in this in this tournament, I mean, his teams are fantastic defensively. They've they just they don't move the needle for me offensively ever, and so that's half of coaching the game is being able to. It's either a you can't recruit kids who want to put it in the bucket because of your style, or b you know you don't really develop that side of the ball to the tune that you would need to to win. So in either case scenario, you're only you're only checking half the boxes for me. So um, I'm going to go with Bill Self. I think Bill Self's phenomenal out there in Kansas. Bill Self I think. Is great. Um, you know, he develops kids. He, his teams usually trend, um, when they need to. So I'm going to go with Bill Self. All right. What about now? Here's, here's your question for the NBA or college player. Most likely to be leading the rookie of the year conversation this time next March. Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Porter Jr. Really? I am. Off I, of those 22 minutes or whatever we saw him in the SEC championship no, game, or you, I, you're going off like the potential you've seen. I've over seen, him over time. I've seen him in in high school, and this is obviously provided that he's healthy next year. But he's got the type of skill set, either him or Marvin Bagley Jr. that could come in and, you know, Michael Porter Jr. kind of Jason Tatumish for me, and in, in in their ability to get buckets from the wing. I think Jason maybe a little bit more polished, has a little bit more pro skill set. Uh, the Michael Porter Jr., but his length, his ability to get up and down, easy finishes, um, 
You know, if he goes to a team where they let him play, where he can get on the court right away, I think he'll be leading the conversation. I kind of like Trey Young. I think he's been up and down, but I think he gets buckets. I think yeah. he scores, and the NBA is a scorer's league. Like, I think he can go in and have an impact where he'll get some buckets. I, the problem with him is going to be the problem with Steph. The problem with a lot of small guards when they come in is, is calibrating to the size and the speed. And so, like, I think, I think you saw it with Lonzo even a little bit this year, and he's a bigger guard. Like, it changes. Like, when you have, talking to a group of high school kids the other day and they, they were coaching an all-star game and they're just so like they're not very um what do you want to call it they're not very efficient with their movement and so i was trying to tell them that every level you go up and you probably know this is a quarterback where your window might have been a half of a second mm-hmm. now it's a quarter second to get it in and i think he's gonna like trey young will it'll take him a year to adjust i think the second year i think you might have some action there all right, this is a good one Debo came up with. The coach most likely to sweat through his entire suit. <laughs> We've seen some of those. And I, I'm, a, I'm a sweater. Like, yeah. I'm a guy, like, anytime you do TV or I'm wearing a suit, like, I just have to leave my jacket on because I don't want to take it off because then my shirt would look like some of those coaches where right. it's just drenched. But I think it's I think it's an easy winner. It's Sean Miller. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there there got to be some health concerns there. That's not natural. He sweats, no. He's sweating, like, while the coaches are sitting in the locker room before the game. Yeah. No, Virginia Tech's in here, right? Buzz Williams is a big sweater. Like, he's a guy who gets through his. But I think Sean Miller uh, is the is the hands-down favorite for that one. <laughs> I think there's another easy favorite for best hair category. My guy. Who's that? Okay. Colin Sexton. Oh, but I think, it, I think this not only goes to him, it should be the entire Bama team. Like their whole roster kind of took that over. Jalen Hurts from the football team has yeah. like funky hair. They have the best hair of the entire tournament. Bama does. I don't like it. You I like, don't? No, I like Michael Porter Jr.'s like line. You like the, line? You, the line? you like clean cut stuff? Yeah, yeah. You like clean cut? I know. I thought it, I thought it looked cool. I couldn't stop staring at it when he was playing. Like I was like, God, Wait, I don't he's got like an old school line. like part line? Yeah, he's just got like a part, like just right, right down the side of his face. It's um, just, yeah, like a thin line. The kid Lonnie Walker from Miami's got crazy dude too. Does he? My son rocks this big, massive mo. We had a conversation yesterday. Like I've got it. I'm a, I'm the old guy now. Yeah. I'm like, dude, get like, let's get the low fade. Like line you up tight. <laughs> like very little, like right. You know, management. And they want this big head. Of, the wilder he can get it, now he's like got the a more satisfied bit of Odell, he is. Right? Oh, it's bleached. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm just it's a mess. Right. My he, brothers used to bleach bleach it too. I feel yeah. like it's like a trend when you're young. You just want to be as ridiculous as possible. It, like incredible. Yeah. All right. Let's get some expertise in here. A coach who's actually in the tournament. Let's get Dan D'Antoni, your boy. Yeah. Let's get him in here as a Dan-o. guest on the show. Welcome, Dano. All right. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Marshall's head coach, Dan D'Antoni, not only because of the incredible run they've had this season taking the team to the tournament for the first time since 1987. It's a 31-year drought for school history. They haven't had an incredible season. I don't even want to talk to him about that. I want some dirt on our boy Rajah <laughs> Bell, Coach. Like That's why I'm excited to have you on. But welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey listen, you have to be quick when you coach Rajah because you'd be in there a shooting drill and he'd, he'd miss two and he'd kick a daggone ball and you never know where it goes. So some things never change. Yeah, exactly. Next day he come back like that happened. I said, "Come on, Roger." <laughs> Are you surprised now that he's getting kicked out of his kids' basketball games? <laughs> no, he did. That's a true story. He did get kicked out of a, a high school game. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, his dad got kicked out of a uh, men's league, so he you know, runs to the fans. Apple Ooh. doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> oh, coach! But you know what about? I will say this about Roger. He's one of the toughest best I ever coached. Yep, no and, doubt and about I'll it. I'll be a part around. So. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to get my players like that all the time. I use his name all the time in practice. 
Oh, that's outstanding. I've got a lot tougher than you. You better get going if you want to be Roger Bale. <laughs> <laughs> that's outstanding. That's we're, awesome. We're going to get to some Roger stories a little bit later, but let's talk about your success uh, this year with your team. I mean, what type of emotions have you gone through this year, having played at Marshall, to be able to bring and you know have this feat, which hasn't happened in 31 years? What's that been like for you personally? Well, you know, I came back because, well, I played here, but I, I was, when I graduated here, they made me an assistant coach. And, uh, there was a guy named Doc Hagley who started the big green, started the MMI, was the biggest part really of Marshall basketball. He, he was on the plane with his wife and he always wanted me to be the head coach. He kept telling me, you know, if you'll stay here another 10 years, you're going to be the head coach. And, uh, so when he went on the plane crash and, they uh passed away i, I kind of just everything kind of went disarray i left and went to myrtle beach had no job just put all my stuff in the car just got married and we just took off and so it feels like you know it feels like destiny coming back around you know you just kind of it happened and, and then all of a sudden i've always wanted this job uh and it kind of just happened. A second choice again. They asked Mike, you know, I, I, you know, I can't beat Mike. He, they asked him, he declined. I get it, you know. Right. That, that was the way I, I got recruited a little bit, probably like Roger. They, when I, when I played here, they came to see somebody else and they, then they saw me and I got, they wanted me after they, after they turned down the other guy. So that's okay. You know, it's, it's that way, but it's good. It's good. It, it, it just makes you feel good. And, People are happy here now, and there's a basketball spirit here. This is a big basketball area, eastern Kentucky, southern West Virginia. So it's great. Dan, great. I, cu- I couldn't be happier for you, man. I want to ask you, when, when, like, when you came back and you took the job, obviously you know, there was some, some culture that needed to be changed, not in terms of, a, of an institution, but in terms of the program. And so like, when you approached that you know, as a coach looking at what you had and where you wanted to go, like what, what were, what were some of the first things, what were the most important things that you wanted to do with the program to get it, um, to where you wanted it to go? Well, you, you know, I'm pretty frank when I talk, I don't hold mince too many words. And when I, when I came back, what I saw, I didn't see Marshall University in West Virginia. First of all, I wanted to make it look like the school and its attendance. I, so I meant get some West Virginia kids. And they don't have a whole lot of big people in this state, so I had to go find somewhere else to get those. I went over to Europe. That kind of was trending. You know, down in uh, 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 San Antonio with uh, 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 all those teams in the NBA. So, you know, I, I had a connection. I got a coach that had connections in Europe. And then I had uh, a coach here that was really well-known and did a great job, West Virginia. I was I was recruiting those areas. I thought that would change the uh, the culture. Uh, I wanted people who loved to play basketball. And I wanted people who uh, I could coach. I mean, you know, you know, it doesn't work out too well when you can't coach your players. And so I, I wanted to make sure I had coachable kids, good families. Uh, they were pretty good students to good students in uh, their high school, and turn it into where the people in town like the kids, not just as basketball players, but as human beings. Right. And uh, we had like a 3-2 the other semester, and somebody asked me, they go, you know, I've never seen Harvard win an NCAA title. <laughs> and I, I looked at So I looked at him and said, well, I hadn't seen Marshall win one either. So, 
with so this- you know we went that way, and uh, we got three West Virginia State players of the year to play for us. And, uh, they, everybody said they couldn't do it, and all of a sudden, you know, these little kids step up and they fight, and, and like a little bit like you, Roger, they fight for their own turf. Yep. With this being new to your players, like they've never been on a stage this big, is there anything you can pull on from your NBA experience in the playoffs, being an assistant coach there, that you can kind of apply to this team playing in March Madness? Well, you know, it all comes down to how they play, obviously, and I, I maybe have some effect on that. I've taught them right away, but how they're going to play, it really is going to come down to them. But what I can do is just make sure they know that I'm confident in what they do. And I try to show them that, uh, look, guys, I, I, I believe in you. And I, you know, we got Johnny Elmore as a heck of a player. I mean, he's really good. And we have C.J. Burks, who's really, really good. And we got the leading shot blocker in the country in Penova. He's 6'10", 6'10", half, reaches 7'2", from Bosnia. So, you know, we start three West Virginia, two freshmen, uh, a Bosnian and a kid whose uh, aunt works in the uh, – a cafeteria in the in the uh, uh, food and beverage part of Marshall University. So it's all kind of closely connected. And, uh, you know, these kids, you know, we, that open system, Roger, we give everybody a chance. You know, the ball moves. As long as you get the ball moving, it, you know, good things happen. And we're, we're unselfish, and they want to play for Marshall. And uh, we've had over 2,000 people at the uh, selection uh, program on TV and, they're getting together a party, send us off. But, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And, and that's, that's what I tell them. You gotta have passion in life. And you gotta have fun in life. And then we'll win some games. Absolutely. And I, you know, you touched on something early there that I, that when people ask me about Mike Staffs and, and, and you guys when I was in Phoenix, I always touch on how, how much you guys made us feel like you believed in us. So even when we doubted ourselves slightly and we didn't want to shoot another shot because we had missed one, like the message coming from you guys was always the faith that you had in us. And so my question is, because I'm, you know, I'm raising boys and I'm coaching them. And obviously, you know, you you guys' father was a great high school coach there in West Virginia. Like, what is it like? Like, was that, did that come from him? Is that something that you and Mike just kind of organically, you know, figured out as, as you got older and became coaches and players, or, or, or is that just philosophically what dad was talking about from day one? Well, I, dad never said a whole lot. My mom said a ton. Okay. You know, it, it was, uh, dad just worked all the time and they never, they never set limits on who you were. You were always as good or better than anybody. And they, they made sure you felt like that. But then when you came home and did something good, they made you feel like, you know, it wasn't nothing. To <laughs> so you went from, you could do, you could beat everybody out there. You come back home and you put your feet right back on the ground. Right. So, uh, you know, it kind of grew up that way. Uh, you know, a lot of times in my way I've learned, especially I, I taught high school for 30 years, you never pigeonhole kids. You know, you never tell, you never set limits on what they try to do or what they aspire to do. And you believe in that, you tell them they can get it done, and then you accept what happens, you know, whatever it is. You, you accept it and move on. But, uh, you know, I, our kids, uh, and John Elmore is a big leader in that. He doesn't think anybody out there is better than him. He might be right. You know, he's, he's averaging 21, 22 points a game. He leads the Conference USA in scoring assists. He's 15th in the top 15 in rebounding. And he's in top five in steals. So, you know, in our conference, uh, if you watched it last night, uh, 
Western uh, beat uh, Boston College and Middle drubbed uh, Vermont. I mean, both of them beat them handily at home. And it's it's a good conference. It's uh, kind of not getting the respect it should. But the top half of our conference is very good. So I didn't realize this about you, Dan, and maybe I should have. And, uh, I mean, it, it, spe- it speaks the fingerprints of it are all over your program now with the, the amount of three shot and the pace of play and all of that. But what, when did you get into the analytics to the degree that you're into them? I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that, and I probably should have with the Suns because of our style and it being on the forefront. But uh, wh- when did that kind of become something that you guys were heavily into? Well, you, Mike and I played uh, the way we really play right now without the, the – uh, three-point advantage of the scoring-wise. But we played like that in college. We didn't have centers, true centers, and we ended up having an open game, shot first easy shot and, or first good shot. And a lot of people say, well, I thought it was bad because it's a quick shot. You know, I've seen – I told people, I said, well, I've seen a lot of slower looking for shots that take bad shots too. So, right. you know, it's, <laughs> what we're trying to do is just create a shot that they can make and then let them make it and expect them to make it and think they're going to make it, you know, and have them think they can make it. And if you can do that, then I think you create a brand of basketball's fun. When I got here, we'd have 2,500 people at games. And right now we're 7,000, 6,000, eight and up to eight. We've had a couple of 8,000. So it, it makes it fun. It, it kind of gets the coach out of it. It's more, I always tell my players, I said, look, it's a lot better when y'all try to make me a good coach than it is for me to try to make you a good player. <laughs> so you guys get out there and play, and I'll accept all the credit. So, <laughs> you know, I, so, you know I, and they take into that. They take pride and ownership in this team. and uh, You know, that's what I want to do. I want them to leave here and say, you know, it was a great experience. I enjoyed being around Roger Bell. I enjoyed being around Steve Nash. I enjoyed old Leandro Bosa. You know, I, right. I, you know, I enjoyed that, and they were fun. They were they were good to watch, and it was just a great time. So, I, you know, when I pass away, I'll be smiling because I had a good time the whole way through. Back to that Raja talk for a little bit now. I know we've we've gotten to know mm-hmm. him here on the podcast, and we've also gotten to know him here at CBS Sports HQ. But you spent a lot of time with him during those Suns years. So anything from behind the scenes that you think our listeners would really enjoy hearing Give about us the dirt. Raja? Give us the dirt. Yes. <laughs> well, the best one, I guess, uh, was, uh, well, first of all, he's got that pretty smile. You know, he's a little <laughs> that's got that pretty smile. But the best one was we were in the locker room. Uh, I think it was, it was, L- yeah, it was L.A. And, and they were beating us in the first round and, uh, I, it was really the turning point of that series. But Roger was, uh, in the locker room halftime and he stood up and I probably won't get this word for word, but it's close. He stood up and said, you know, nobody punks Roger Bell. Nobody <laughs> punks Roger Bell. I'm going to go out and show people ain't going to punk Roger Bell. <laughs> and then he went out and everybody in the locker room gets up, goes out there, and next thing I know, Kobe's on the crowd. <laughs> and we end up winning the series. It turned, it turned the whole series. That That's is fantastic. truly incredible. <laughs> that is so good. Is there anybody on Marshall that reminds you of Raja, like on or off the court? I think Raja's one and only. We might have people who strive, striving to get there, but I don't think they're going to measure up. So, you know, Roger Bell was one of the toughest competitors I've ever seen. He wasn't as gifted, and he'll tell you he was, but he wasn't as gifted as athletically. And uh, But I, I think when somebody told me when he tried out for Philadelphia, he said, 
who do I have to beat out? And they, they said, well, that guy, that guy, he said, I'll beat them out or I'll beat them out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of the way Roger is. What set his mind to it. He, he was tough. And he was one of the toughest out there. I wouldn't want to have him come get me. I, I would, I'd be hiding from him if I was a competitor. So, <laughs> yeah, I got nothing, I got nothing to praise with him because he was, he was the dyke. He, he gave you everything he had. And, that's all a coach can ask. Hey, Coach, let me ask you a question. I really appreciate the words. And, you know, I watched your relationship with LB and kind of the uh, the mentorship, you know, that, that that you provided for him when he was a young player coming into the league. And then, obviously, you're getting these kids at a lot younger age now. Like, can you explain, like, what's what's the effect? I just started working with kids this year. Like, how rewarding is it? for you to affect these kids at this age and watch them go out and, and turn into the young men um, and speak to watching Leandro from afar, you know, and winning rings, uh, you know, after you had a chance to have him in, in Phoenix. Well, first of all, I, I love Leandro and that, that, that worked out tremendously. Mike had told me they were, he was out of the league in two weeks. And I said, well, give me two weeks with him. We'll see what happens. And he ends up, ended up a great story, but I, you know what I compare it to and, and, I think life's like that. You know, when you're young and it's all about you, that uh, Christmas comes and all you want is the presents that you get and you want to open them up. But you know, the true meaning of life is when finally you have kids and you start realizing you give the presents and they open them up and it looks, it's much more rewarding when they do that. And that's kind of what it is. You know, when I played, it's about me. I want to do this. I want to do that. But as you coach, now you're sharing with someone else and you're watching them get the rewards of what you shared. And that's to me, uh, a lot more rewarding than the other way around. So, you know, I try kind of kids, I try to pick the ones I think that'll be that type of person. They're grounded. They got good parents, you know, and, uh, again, they, they look a lot like West Virginia and they, they, they're appreciative of being there. Our kids that we have right now, a little bit like that Phoenix team, Roger, we, I got kids that nobody wanted, you know. Yep. Uh, my first year here, we had one year and a half experience on the entire team in the NCAA. I cleaned it out. All we had on the entire team, a guy played one year and one that played a half a year. I had a walk-on, two walk-ons, and three scholarship players. And we took a drubbing. We got beat 15 straight. But you know what? They never quit. It was, uh, they just stayed, and we end up winning the last seven home games. Turned it around the next year, 17 and 16, finished third in the conference, semifinals. The next year, we were back in the finals against Middle, had a chance to beat them to go last year in the NCAA. And then this year, uh, we finished fourth, but we had a lot of sickness and uh, some uh, injuries that kind of were not quite as deep as I want yet, but we had sickness and injury that kind of kept us down below the radar a little bit. And then we went into the tournament. Everybody was well. Our, our freshmen had kind of started turning to sophomores, and uh, we ended up beating a good middle Tennessee uh, state team at, at middle. They were ranked 24th in the country, and we beat them by 12. And then we ended up walking through the tournament. So, you know, that's, that's where we are in the program. I think you're growing. We've got two 6'10 kids sitting out. One of them is a little shy. I swear he's got the same personality, Roger. You'd love him. He smiles. He's got big old arms. He's about 325 pounds. And 6'10 and a half, his hands look like uh, 
oversized gloves. I'm it. <laughs> so, uh, That's great. And he he and he's he's fun to be around. It's going to be a joy. He joins us. We have no seniors to play right now, and we're looking forward. Not next year yet, but we're looking forward to uh, this year and how we finish, and then what's in the future for Marshall, ba- Marshall basketball. All right, Coach, before we let you go, we want to get an NBA Finals prediction. Who's going to win the championship this year, the Rockets or Warriors? Is this the year that the, your brother can get it done? Well, <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. The statement is, heck yeah. <laughs> Why not? You know, I, you know I, I, listen, I don't – I used to lay down at night, and sometimes when I was young, I my dreams were shorthand. I, I, we, we said to Mike and I said this uh, – I said, I dreamed about a college scholarship and playing college ball. Well, I did that, but Mike's dream went to play in the NBA. And so we were sitting down about 10 years ago, and he said, you know, both of us shouldn't have dreamed playing in the All-Star game. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have probably been a lot better player. So, you know, I I kind of just said, don't cut your dreams short. Live life, have a good time. And uh, you know what? When it's all said and done, uh, people have stories when they're talking over your body there somewhere. So. That, that's kind of the way I live life, and it's, it's been fun, and the people around me, uh, you know, I really enjoy. Fantastic stuff, Coach. We really appreciate it. Best of luck. I know it's a crazy week. We appreciate you taking the time for us. Good luck against <laughs> Wichita State. We'll be watching. Hey, we'll be Roger rooting for Bell, you. Come out here and sing. Get on my swing, buddy. Look over these mountains. I keep inviting you to West Virginia. You won't go anywhere if you come back here. That, uh, well, that's why I'm trying to stay away, but maybe this summer I'll get up, Dan. <laughs> All right. Thanks so you much, tell Coach. Tell your wife and kids I said hello. Will do. All right. Great stuff from our guy Dan D'Antoni there. Fantastic interview. Good luck to him in the tournament. Let's get to our, our segment where typically we can make some money, but I don't know, you know, if some of these will actually make money on. Uh, so maybe you want to take your own advice there, but let's do some picks and props and have some fun. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Oh. oh. Debo dropped a little surprise for us that with the new shocking make wig make some money you make some money means? No. you don't know what wig means is no. it different than woke <laughs> no yeah it is oh no <laughs> is wait what does wig mean I think it means like like you don't know in your mind no I'm just asking if oh, you know what wig. it means so you go after that you were like wig wig, wig like oh I thought you said whoa. <laughs> let's do it said, let's use it let's, I'm like, I don't know I'm right. asking wig let's wig. do it <laughs> Let's make some money on the NIT winner. Hold on, Guys, hit that who you one got? more time. Hit that one more time. <laughs> we gotta Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. <laughs> yeah. That is so That's good. fantastic. All right, what do you got? NIT winner. Uh, who's in it? <laughs> Notre Dame, number one overall seed. Uh, who? Is USC in it? Yeah. But we don't have to waste time playing. on this. All right, I'll go Notre Dame. Take no, the favorite. Definitely Notre Dame. All right. <laughs> Bonzi Colson, get him Sorry, in there. I'm, I'm These some props that I created for the tournament. So Trey Young total points in the entire tournament minus seven and a half versus Michael Porter Jr. total points in the tournament, and you have to factor in how many games you think each of these guys is going to play. Easy, because they're both only going to play one, and Trey Young's going to go off, and Michael Porter's going to play sparing minutes. He'll probably get ten to twelve points. I'm going Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young is a uh, is an easy one there. Didn't think it would be that easy. (laughs) Next one. Hopefully a little more difficult for you guys. Coach K, the number of players he lectures on the other team. It seems to be a tradition unlike any other during March Madness. Minus one and a half versus Hannah Grayson Allen trips during the tournament. What happens more often? 
Oh. Coach K. Great. <laughs> Neither. There will be no winner in this one. Everybody loses in any scenario here yeah. because I don't want to see Coach K going to talk to the other team. And I definitely don't. Grayson Allen cannot trip somebody, can he? Like no, no, he no. Would, no that you would call this a push, right? This would be a would this be yeah. a, this would be a push. This would like yeah. Because I don't think either one of them's taking place. They like, better they, not. Neither one can afford to have that <laughs> if happen. Neither of them takes place. Then, then K wins. Grayson, or Grayson wins. wins. Grayson wins. Plus yeah, one Grayson and wins. Half. Forgive yeah. the betting. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting you there. You, yeah. you making any picks on March Madness just with your kids? The brackets? Oh, dude, brackets were in yesterday. Like five dollars ahead, we're all in. Hey, wig. No, so I look wig up. I look wig up. Look, wig in the Urban Dictionary says. A term used to describe when someone does something in their opinion that is so good that they go bald. Wig. Oh, oh so, wig. So, wig. so So that was so good. It was, it go was bald. Wig. wig. Do, right? do you say like that's wig or are you just like wig? I, see, I don't know. We can make it, we can make up our own rules I'm as we go. I'm so pumped to have yeah. a new word. <laughs> Me too. Wig. This next prop, a battle of number one seeds that begin with the letter V. So total number of people that turn off Virginia games due to their style of play, which is a little bit boring. Or the cost in dollars of Jay Wright's suits he wears during the tournaments. What number is higher? Jay Wright looks good. Bro. Like he's been featured in GQ, right? Yeah. And these suits are these suits are not but cheap. Cal was featured in GQ yesterday. Oh, he was. That's yeah. right. And that was our guy Reed, right? Yeah. Our guy Reed Forgrave did a nice little profile on him. Uh, I would love to say Jay Wright's suits, but I don't think they're going to be that expensive. Like in the tens of twenties to thousands, like tens of twenty thousands. So I'm going to say people are going to be disgusted with UVA. You think more than fifteen thousand people are going to turn off the TV At, when they UVA watch game? UVA defense? Yeah, because they see the opponent score thirty nine <laughs> points nah, in the game. Bro. Nah, they bro. see Pitt score seven points and a suits. half. Those are, oh, those are upwards of fifteen racks if he makes it. They yeah. are. You think they're that much? No, not per suit. I'm be. just doing the math. Oh, on like on total. If you were to say like twenty five hundred dollars a suit, and he's got one, two, three, four, that's five. true. I think During you're the tournament, yeah. I didn't see that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still gonna go UVA. All right, watch this tournament on CBS and the CBS family. So who appears on CBS as an analyst first after their team has been eliminated? Ooh. Bill Self or John Calipari? Because these guys have become yeah, really... accustomed to early exits. And they're both good on TV. <laughs> All right, I have them. I actually, looking at my bracket, I have them on set together because I have them both getting bounced at the same time. No, I don't. I have, I have Bill Self. Earlier exit from the tournament. Wow. But wow. I don't think, do you think he'd be good on TV? Um, he's yeah, good. I think he's yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, I think he's, he's good. Right. I think he's good. I'm going to go with Cal though, because I got Cal exiting earlier. All right. This without teasing too much of your picks, which you'll give away in a moment, but number one seed total victories. This is an official prop listed on sportsbook.ag. Shout out sportsbook. Over under 11 and a half for number one seed total victories. So this is a year where people are picking a lot of upsets. They don't think the number one seed are as strong as normal, does that factor into this 11 and a half over under? I, go ahead. Over. You're going to say over. You over, think the yeah. one, you think the one seeds will live up to the height, I, uh, live up to the expectations? Uh, I think some of them will. I think one of them in particular will. <laughs> did you count up your number? Ooh. I did. I just counted them up, but I think 11 and a half. I got the over on 11 and a half. I'm going under. I think we should actually put something on this bet. I think we should do something as a show where Raja or myself, because we need to do some team building, like podcast building. We need to go out to dinner as a crew. So either Raja picks up the tab for our dinner or I do. We're already oh, g- we're going roller skating, right? Yeah. And we'll, yeah. oh, we're going skating. <laughs> I love that yeah. I'm excluded no. from this narrative. No, you're no, in. Yeah. You're no, I'm in. I'm just like skating. not paying for anything, which is great. Either way. <laughs> yeah, this is a free meal. Either way, right? We're good. All right, tell us life, though. The last pick and prop before we get to our final fours. What's the largest margin of victory in any 
first-round game, of course, including these 116 matchups, over under 34.5 points. I'm going to say over. There's always some lopsided, ugly game. Always. Under. Only because, like, that's a huge number. But you're probably right, but I'm going to take under. I'll fade you on that. All right, since it is our March Madness special podcast, we've got to give our picks. All right, you ready? I know you've been doing hours of research. Oh, I've been digging into this, like. All right. I've, I have been too. Like I, I had the the synergy fired up last night. Right. Was breaking down games until the my eyes awesome. bleed. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. So my bracket. I have out of the South region, Virginia. You heard me talk about Tony Bennett, Coach of the Year. Yeah. What he's done. I think this is the year he gets to the Final Four. Cincinnati's been hot. I have him beating Cincinnati in the Elite Eight. Okay. Out of the West. I have too many favorites in some of mine, but I have Xavier and UNC as the one-two seed meeting up in the Elite Eight. Carolina with Roy Williams going for a repeat. I think they've been quietly flying under the radar. Nobody's been talking about them, but I still like the talent they have. The East region, I'm telling you, I like this Bama team. I have the Bama squad with Colin Sexton going all the way to the the Elite Eight. Okay, They're going to upset Villanova. That's, and I have Purdue okay. out of the Big Ten making it to the Elite Eight as well. But I have Purdue beating Bama. I feel like if you have four. Alabama in the Elite Eight, just put them in the Final Four. <laughs> right. If you have them now, yeah. why not? Because I do like Purdue. I think they're a veteran team. They had a really strong start to the season. I think they could get things going. Then out of the Midwest, a lot of ACC love in this bracket. I have NC State Whoa. upsetting Kansas. In the second round, then beating Auburn, getting to the Elite Eight, but in their crosstown rival, I've got Duke making a run to the Final Four. So I have UVA, UNC, and Duke, three ACC teams in, along with Purdue in my Final Four. Wow. I like it. I can't, I look at this time of year, like. I'm gonna tell you who's gonna win after. All right, Hannah, you wanna go? You want me to go? No, you go. Okay, so, um, let's see. In the South, um, I think the DeAndre, the DeAndre Hunter injury is going to be significant for six, you. man. It yeah. But I don't know that they're that deep. And I really like Zona. I think, um, Aiton and, and crew will get it done. So I have them advancing to the Elite Eight. Miami, Cincy, uh, I think Cincy is going to top zone. I mean, uh, Miami in that one. And then I'll take Arizona over Cincinnati to go to the final four from the South. Um, down to the West, I've got Xavier and Gonzaga. Uh, people always sleep on Gonzaga. They, mm-hmm. they are really, they're really good. They're big. Um, they're seasoned. I'm going to take the Zags to beat Xavier to the Elite Eight. Uh, I'm going to go UNC over Michigan in the Sweet 16. So UNC, Zags, Elite Eight. And I'm going to take North Carolina. I don't know why. It was kind of like a toss-up. So I'll take North Carolina advancing out of the West. Um, where in the East, like I, I think Villanova is for real. I've watched them play. They, they've got great guards. they got good wing play. Um I'm going with Nova to the Elite Eight over West Virginia because I also they have great guards also. And then I have Tech pulling up a minor upset over Purdue, a 3-2. And I've got Nova advancing out of the East over uh, Texas Tech. Um, Kansas, I, I think they're good. I think getting the big fella with, um, as, as a bookie back, missing him in the Big 12 and still winning it was like incredible to me personally. Um, and I think that they'll face Duke because I think Duke beats Michigan State. Uh, in the Sweet 16, uh, your boy, the, the punk of college basketball. Yeah. I think he's really going to have a big tournament. I do. I hope he does. I hope Grayson Allen plays well. And a lot of this hinges on that. But I have Duke beating um, Kansas in the Elite Eight, going to the Final Four out of the Midwest. So I've got Zona, UNC, Nova, Duke. Oh, man. I have the same thing with Duke, might I add, except I have 
Syracuse and Duke. <laughs> Sweet <Yeah>. 16. <laughs> and then I have Kansas Duke in the Elite Eight. And then, uh, okay, let me just go over my final four real quick. I have Kentucky, North Carolina, Villanova, and Duke. Okay. All yeah. right. So you're assuming that Syracuse gets into the main bracket. That's a. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if I was going to do anything. Try Syracuse. I know. I was, Syracuse is straight. Hey, Syracuse. Bobby Hurley's going to get it done. That's no, no, no. actually one of the most compelling. Yeah. Games. It really is. Yeah. They went to the final four and they were like, nobody thought they were even going to get in. Very good chance that they don't make it past Arizona State. Right. Very good chance they don't even make it past tonight. All right. So but, fingers crossed. For my final championship game, I have UNC Duke, which I think would be awesome. And I kind of, I, I, Pick games I according to what UNC I would love to so see. Much. But wouldn't that be great to watch? Right. Like I agree. UNC It'd Duke be would be watch. incredible. And then I got Grayson Allen and this Duke squad with Coach K winning it all. Wow. What? The yeah. boy you love to hate? Yeah. I have I, Duke I, winning it all too. See? But you know what's going to be better? My win. Because I support it. <laughs> You'll enjoy them. it. I'll be hate watching. <laughs> who do they, be, who do they beat? Who do you have? I have Duke, Kentucky. Duke, Kentucky. Oh, wow. That's some freshman, freshmen. Well, I like you that. Got. Um, so my final game, I've got Nova beating Duke. Um, and I got Arizona beating North Carolina, and then I I've got Villanova winning another championship. Ew. That's two in the last three years, is it? Yeah. Or is it two in the last? Yeah, they won yeah. in 2016. Two yeah. in the last three years. Yeah, I got them beating Arizona. Powerhouse. I, I really like good guard play I don't and like wing Villanova. play. All right, so, so it was Danny all, yeah. and Hannah both have Duke. <laughs> That's so weird. Raja and myself actually both have Villanova. What? Sure. You're a homer. No, yeah, you're, I, a yeah, homer. yours is like a little. Wait, anyone have? Syracuse but I also have anyone? Arizona. Yeah. In Arizona as well? Yeah. Okay. Interestingly though, is it in a year when everybody says anybody can win, we're all going with like brand, like favorite high seats. With Florida State and Missouri, who do you have? Florida State. I I, I think no brainer. I heard this stat yesterday. Like I don't think in the last, I mean, I, I, was it 50 years or something? I don't know how long they, like no one higher than a four seed has ever won it. Like if, if it has, it was like one. It was a remarkable stat. It was like crazy. I believe UConn, one of their runs in either 2011 or 2014, I think that can be year they were, like an eight seed. They might be one of the only teams. Like the, 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 it was like nine, it might have been like 90% or right. something like that. The, if you're betting, it was like a gambling show I was listening to. Like you got, you have to put money on Listening that. to gambling yeah. shows. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to get caught up. Um, who'd your kids pick? Do they have their picks in? Um, yeah, but I didn't look. I didn't look. They did it before we went to practice last night. I'll let you guys know. Uh, Not good podcast material. I don't <laughs> have mine do it yet. I gotta have them do it. I gotta bring home these empty brackets and have them fill them out. If you guys want to compete against all the off the bench crew, Tweet your email address at Canel and Bell. We will send you the CBSSports.com bracket invite. You can compete against Danny, Raj, and Hannah, and myself, and other listeners. Bring it. We'll think of something. Bring it. We'll think of something better than a signed card. I need, like, bolder things to be done. I feel like we weren't bold enough. Yeah. Yeah. With these? We have our picks. Take Syracuse in the final four. Yeah, exactly. pretty bold. No, I'm going to end Syracuse. There's no way Syracuse is beating Duke. All right. We'll see. All right, that's right. <laughs> we dun, will see. Dun, dun. So our bracket, make sure you tweet us your email address. So you can get in with us. You can compete against us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So we got two votes for Duke, and our boy Raja has Villanova winning it all. We'll see who comes up. Probably none of us, because there will be somebody else <laughs> who wins. All right, we're back on Friday with a brand-new episode. But as always, subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us that five-star review because Friday's episode, we will get to our five-star Q&A where ask us anything you want, question about anything, any topics. We'll get to those. And leave us feedback at on Twitter, at Canel and Bell. And Debo's putting some good stuff on Instagram, too. A lot of throwback pics that I like, at Canel and Bell on Instagram. Good luck with your brackets. <laughs>